October 19th. Father God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your sending your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us eyes to hear and ears, uh, ears to listen and eyes to see what your word is telling us today. Bless your word as we read it today. And Lord, we pray for the audience that you would fix them and help them with anything that they're going through, Lord, that it may never be a problem again. Jesus, we ask you to fix the things that they're going through in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, folks. That's a tall order. God, Jesus can do it. Jeremiah 33 to 34, 22. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the Lord gave him this second message. This is what the Lord says. The Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord, asked me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. You have torn down the house of the city and even the king's palace to get materials to strengthen the walls against the siege ramps and swords of the enemy. You expect to fight the Babylonians, but the men of the city are already as good as dead, for I have determined to destroy them in my terrible anger. I have abandoned them because of all their wickedness. Nevertheless, a time will come when I will heal Jerusalem's wounds and give it prosperity and true peace. I will restore the fortunes of Judah and Israel and rebuild their towns. I will cleanse them of their sin against me and forgive all their sins of rebellion. Then this city will bring me joy, glory, and honor before all the nations of the earth. The people of the world will see all the good I do for my people, and they will tremble with awe at the peace and prosperity I provide for them. This is what the Lord says. You have said this is a desolate land where people and animals have all disappeared, yet in the empty streets of Jerusalem and Judah, other towns, there will be heard, there will be heard once more the sound of joy and laughter. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will be heard again, along with the joyful songs of people bringing thanksgiving offerings to the Lord. They will sing, Give thanks to the Lord of heaven's armies, for the Lord is good. His faithful love endures forever. Okay, let's all say it together. Give thanks to the Lord of heaven's armies, for the Lord is good, his faithful love endures forever. One more time. Come on. Give thanks to the Lord of heaven's armies, for the Lord is good, his faithful love endures forever. Amen. Thank you. For I will restore the prosperity of this land to what it was in the past, says the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. This land, though it is now desolated and has no people and animals, will once again have pastures where shepherds can lead their flock. Once again, shepherds will count their flocks in the towns of the hills, the foothills of Judah, the Negev, the land of Benjamin, the vicinity of Jerusalem, and all the towns of Judah. I, the Lord, have spoken. The day will come, says the Lord, when I will do for Israel and Judah all the good things I have promised them. In those days and at that time, 
I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. In that day, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this will be its name, the Lord our righteousness. For this is what the Lord says, David will have a descendant sitting in the throne of Israel forever. And there will always be Levitical priests who offer burnt offerings and grain offerings and sacrifice to me. Then this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. If you can break my covenant with the day and the night so that one does not follow the other, only then will my covenant with my servant David be broken. Only then will he no longer have a descendant to reign in his throne. The same is true for my covenant with the Levitical priests who minister before me. And as the stars of the skies cannot be counted and the sand of the seashore cannot be measured, so I will multiply the descendants of my servant David and the Levites who minister before me. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Have you noticed what people are saying? The Lord chose Ju Judah and Israel and then abandoned them. They are sneering and saying that Israel is not worthy to be counted as a nation. But this is what the Lord says. I will no more reject my people than I would change my laws that govern night and day, earth and sky. I will never abandon the descendants of Jacob or David, my servant, or change the plan that David's descendants will rule the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Instead, I will restore them to their land and have mercy on them. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came with all the armies from the kingdom he ruled, and he fought against Jerusalem and the towns of Judah. At that time, this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go to King Hezekiah, Zedekiah of Judah, and tell him, this is, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I am about to hand this city over to the king of Babylon, and he will burn it down. You will not escape his grasp, but will be captured and taken to meet the king of Babylon face to face. Then you will be exiled to Babylon. But listen to this promise from the Lord, O Zedekiah, king of Judah. This is the, what the Lord says. You will not be killed in war, but will die peacefully. People will burn incense in your memory, just as they did for your ancestors. The kings who precede you, they will mourn for you, crying, Alas, our master is dead. This I have decreed, says the Lord. So Jeremiah the prophet delivered this message to King Zedekiah of Judah. At this time, the Babylon army was besieging Jerusalem. Lashish and Asaka, the only fortified cities of Judah not yet captured. This message came to Jeremiah from the Lord after King Zedekiah made a covenant with the people proclaiming freedom for the slaves. He had ordered all the people to free their Hebrew slaves, both men and women. No one was to keep a fellow Judean in bondage. The officials and all the people had obeyed the king's command, but later they changed their minds. They took back the men and women they had freed, forcing them to be slaves again. So the Lord gave this message throughout Jeremiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I made a covenant with your ancestors long ago. 
when I rescued them from their slavery in Egypt. I told them that every Hebrew slave must be freed after serving six years. But your ancestors paid no attention to me. Recently you repented and did what was right. Following my command, you freed your slaves and made a solemn covenant with me in the temple that by that bears my name. But now you have shrugged off your oath and defiled my name by taking back the men and women you had freed, forcing them to be slaves once again. Therefore, this is what the Lord says, since you have not obeyed me by setting your countrymen free, I will set you free to be destroyed by war, disease, and famine. You will be an object of horror to all the nations of the earth. Because you have broken the terms of your covenant, I will cut you apart just as you cut apart the calf when you walk between its halves to solemnize your vows. Yes, I will cut you apart whether you are official of Judah or Jerusalem, court officials, priests, or common people. For you have broken your oath. I will give to your enemies and they will kill you. I will give you to your enemies. Your bodies will be food for the vultures and wild animals. I will hand over King Zedekiah of Judah and his officials to the army of the king of Babylon. And although Babylon's king has left Jerusalem for a while, I will call the Babylonian armies back again. They will fight against the city and will capture it and burn it down. I will see to it that all the towns of Judah are destroyed with no one living there. The word of the Lord. And today's study, Jeremiah, as the city of Jerusalem and the king of Judah were falling, failing to, to invaders, falling, God gave Jeremiah a greater understanding of his long-range plans. The promises could only come true after the promised destruction. The hope of the nation was not to be found in escape from destruction, but in the purification that destruction would bring. God will restore Jerusalem because it was part of his ultimate plan. The Babylonian disaster did not change God's purpose for his people. Although Jerusalem would be destroyed, God would restore it again. The Lord promised to cleanse and forgive all their sins of rebellion. This was the foundation upon which the new everlasting covenant would rest. God has promised you forgiveness and cleansing just as he promised the people of Israel. His purpose might require you to go through difficulty, but you can trust that he will use it for your good. Suffering faithfully will bring you through to peace and prosperity. In his eternal kingdom, trust in God to do this for you. And don't give up in despair or turn away from his anger. He is faithful and he always does everything he promised. Amen and amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, honey, would you please read reading of the New Testament? Yes, absolutely. 1 Timothy 4, 1 to 16. 
Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their conscience, consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it's made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. Wow, beautiful Lord. If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Wow. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle. For our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers, and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you. When the elders of the church had laid their hands on you, give your complete attention to those matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Okay. Amen. Thank you very much. Let me go ahead and read the, uh, the today's study about okay. false teachers. Okay. False teachers were a threat to the early church, and they still are today. Mm. Jesus and the apostles repeatedly warned against false teachers. Mm. According to Paul, false teachers are hypocrites and liars who encourage people to follow. Deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Satan deceives people by Satan deceives people by offering a clever imitation of the real thing. We must not be unduly impressed by a teacher's style or credentials. We must look at his teaching about Jesus Christ. The conclusions he, he reaches about Christ show the source of his message. It is not enough that a teacher appears to know what he is talking about. <laughs> is disciplined and moral or says that he is speaking for God. If his words contradict the Bible, his teachings is false. 
Like Timothy, we must guard against any teaching that causes believers to dilute or reject their faith. False teachings can be very direct or extremely subtle. Believers ought to respond quickly when they sense false teaching being promoted. The truth can stand up to, to honest questions. Sometimes the teacher may not have realized his errors and will appreciate the correction. But a firm warning may at least keep potential victims from the disastrous results of apostasy that Paul describes. Apostasy. Amen. Amen. For our hope is in the living God, who is Savior of all people, and particular all believers. You know, I really enjoyed the, the beginning of the, uh, going back to Jeremiah where it says, This is what the Lord says, The Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about still to come. And, and it's interesting that Paul says, Pray for each meal and bless it, uh -huh. then God made uh -huh. it, created good. Yeah. I don't think he's talking about pork because he was, you know, he was a Jewish I mean, that's not even um, for up for discussion. I mean, he grew up Jewish. He couldn't possibly be talking about um, unclean animals, you know, like fish with no scales, like the, uh, you know, fishes that, that didn't qualify for the eating, like the crow doesn't qualify, the seagull doesn't qualify. Uh, and they taste terrible. <laughs> I tasted seagull with a taco, and they're not, they're not, you know, they ain't no way like chicken. The point I'm making is, is we were talking about relaxing, achieving something, and then praying about it, and thanking God, and then moving on to the next, next level of work. You achieve something, you stop, you pray, you bless it, you thank God. And then you move forward, one item at a time, and you bring the presence. We bring the presence of God, and the word presence. It means that the sense, the common sense of the Lord, is before us and talking to us. That's what the presence of the Lord is. It's in the word pre-sense. It says pre-sense, sense that's going ahead of us. You know, in other words, a hunch, a knowing someone told me something. I heard a word of the Lord. That's the presence of God. And by stopping and praying and blessing every item, every achievement, the presence of the Lord or the counsel of the Lord continue to go before that, before us. Amen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your counsel. We thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord God, that you caused us to achieve great and mighty ex experts, ex excerpts for you, Lord. You know what I mean. <laughs> Let us thank you, Lord God, that we are created in your image. Thank you for helping us get the energy to finish the, the projects that you have put in front of us. In the mighty name of Jesus, to proclaim that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Lord of our lives, Lord of our King of kings, and Lord of lords. Yes, Lord. We thank you that we are established and rooted in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And with that... Uh, Anna, would you like to finish off reading the Psalms? Or you want me to do it? Go ahead. All right. The Psalms, reading, praying and reading the Psalms. 
Thank you, Lord, for faithfully bringing us through this. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 13. I will sing of the Lord's unfailing love forever. Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. Your unfailing love will last forever. Your faithfulness is enduring as the heavens. The Lord said, I have made a covenant with David, my chosen servant. I have sworn this oath to him. I will establish your descendants as kings forever. They will sit on your throne from now until eternity. All heaven will praise your great wonders, Lord. Mirrors of angels will praise you for your faithfulness. For who in all the heaven can compare with the Lord? What mightiest angels is anything like the Lord? The highest angelic powers stand in all of God. He is far more awesome than all who surround his throne. O Lord God of heaven's armies, who is there? Where is there anyone as mighty as you, O Lord? You are entirely faithful. You rule the oceans, you subdue the storms, toss waves, you crush the great sea monster, you scatter your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours and the earth is yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. You created north and south, Mount Tabor and Mount Hermon. Praise your name. Powerful is your arm. Strong is your hand. Your right hand is lifted high in glorious strength. Amen. Proverbs 25 to 23 and 24. As surely as a north wind brings rain, so a gossiping tongue causes anger. It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome spouse in a lovely home. Amen. And thank you, Heavenly Father, for the reading of today. Bless us as it is for October the 19th. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.